everyone from me brent graham it's thursday night nine o'clock time for the handicap rugby chat that matters well if my background looks a little bit different to you it's because it is i've had no power at home now for 25 hours so i've had to run across to my sister-in-law's house to do the show but yeah looking very forward to uh to getting through this one because of course it's the big week it's six nations i think many rugby punters feeling the same way at the moment you know we've been punting these european competitions it's been you know what's happening with team selections is it going to be full strength be full strength and it's just really been really tough to get going so that's the six nations we're going to talk six nations we're going to talk sharks against stormers but first i want to introduce you to our six nations sponsor for the next few weeks and it's darren kramer he's i remember him back in the days playing poker in the all africa poker championships him and his mates have started a site now, PokerBet. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on, but they're putting up some great prizes tonight as well. Darren, first of all, welcome to the show and how things going at PokerBet. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's going really well. It's been really well received from the whole poker community, which has been awesome. Um, you know, Oaks just looking to find a place to play, reimagine what Pig's Peak was 15 years ago, created again. And yeah, just so far it's been awesome and uh, we're looking forward to you know, a long and prosperous journey, and it's uh, great to be involved with you guys. Excellent. Well, we'll chat to you a little bit further about some of the competitions that we're going to run, but let's pop down to the bottom. Where about in the United States? Where about in the world is this man? Because I've never known anyone who travels quite as much as him. Harry, I think, first of all, welcome back to the show. It's the first time we've chatted this year. Before I even bring you in, I want to say brilliant comment calling me a rugby mastermind. I've never seen so many people disagree with you on Twitter before. But uh, great to have you back on the show. And, and where are you at the moment? Yeah, so I'm actually actually in Texas, and it's frozen. Uh, the whole state is under a sheet of ice. So, um, you know, we're also having a little bit of load shedding, but a different way. <clears throat> Right, but but different. So first of all, I see a lot of guys in on the live chat already. Uh, Mark Dunphy, Mark, are you still in Ireland or are you sitting in Vietnam at the moment? By the way, I've got the Leinster jersey. It looks absolutely superb today. Though I am wearing, and I'll just twist my screen a bit. I'm wearing the poker bet uh, hoodie. Now it's midsummer in South Africa, so you question why I'm wearing the hoodie. Well, let's say um they mixed up the size of a golf strip, and I didn't look so good in the large golf <laughs> golf shirt. So I decided to go with the hoodie. What size are you wearing there, Darren? Uh, we're in a we're in a large, but it's a bit of a tight fit. Huh? The XL was deeper. We had to we were scrambling, so we we, we flick uh, flick between both. Right. Yeah, recently yeah. recently I had to change my uh, uniform for one of the podcasts because yeah. I had a genuine uh, Osterant jersey and it was too tight on me. So I've been uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been yeah, losing I've been losing weight ever it's since. <laughs> Well, JP Deploy coming in, looking forward to cashing it on the Six Nations. Mark Dunphy asking, are the competitions only open to South Africans? Um, Darren, I guess it is the case. I don't know if, if it's possible for an international player to, to win. I mean, I'm, I'm going to suggest they play anyway in the competitions and yeah. perhaps they can nominate someone if they win then. But any chance of internationals opening or are you only allowed to open South African accounts? So if you have a South African ID, you can be living overseas. Um, but as long as you have a South African ID, you're able to play. Um, that is kind of the restriction based on that. So, yeah. If you have a saving ID, you know, you moved overseas, yeah, jump in. Um, unfortunately, if you're a foreigner, yeah, that's uh, that's the limitation. Okay. Well, we'll discount a few of the, the guys. I know we've got plenty of guys, particularly from Ireland, that uh, that come in with us. Uh, let's get into the competitions uh, first. I want to start with Harry's trivia. But before that, Darren, just to mention, we're going to give away three entries into your Sunday night poker competition. But we'll do that on Twitter. So just to let everyone know to watch that. But that's three entries into the 200,000 guaranteed pot on Sunday. And what are those entries worth? 
So it's seven hundred seventy rand a person. Um, yeah, as you said, two hundred thousand rand in the first in the total pool, about seventy five thousand for first. Um, so very nice Sunday payday. We actually had uh, even to last week there was a one point six million rand actually prize pool and. Uh, a wonderful gentleman from Johannesburg found it. So, yeah, every Sunday we have a big tournament. But for this one, three lucky people, you know, rags to riches story, the dream. So, yeah, three guys just follow and uh, 770 rands yours. Yeah, and after a weekend of punting, I normally am a It's literally a case of rags to, to riches for me. But let's get going now. I do have some terms and conditions just going down below, guys. You will need uh, – we're going to give you a bit of leeway on this week. If you haven't opened the PokerVet account, there is a link down below. It's a bit difficult with YouTube to put our link in. But you can go to the Good for the Game site on that link, and you can right at the top will be the link to open a, a site of Pokemon. I saw on Twitter tonight a number of guys already opened accounts there as well. So that's obviously that's so that you can claim your prize through uh, Pokemon. We'll get to the Six Nations out right now, but Harry, start us off with that trivia question, and we'll see who gets it right first. Okay, yeah, so trivia question number one. You know, we all know Scotland has not been really great lately, uh, but when was the last time Scotland actually won? the whole tournament we're looking for a year so what was the the last year that scotland won the six Na the six nations or the predecessor to the six nations right well we'll let the guys go because there is a bit of a delay on the stream uh they're probably about 25 seconds behind us so we'll start talking about the six nations outright betting now harry i know you've done a bit of research uh you've been writing some articles of course you podcast and, and articles all the time there what have you concluded? Who's going to win the Who's going to win the Six Nations? Yeah, we've got Ireland here. And these odds are from PokerBet: twenty-five to twenty. France nineteen to ten. Four to one. The English eleven to one. Wales, Scotland twenties, and Italy five hundred to one. Where's the smart money? Yeah, purely because Ireland actually plays uh, the French and the English in Dublin in this um, vintage of the tournament. It's Ireland's t uh, tournament to win or to lose. Um, there, so when you actually look at the Irish and the French, it's it's going to come down to that match. I don't think um, they're going to drop another match. Uh, but if if a team is going to drop uh, one they shouldn't, I actually think the French will. And my logic there is Ireland is a cohesive unit. The clarity is really well formed. The French look like they could be worked out against uh, Springboks and against uh, Australia. Uh, and, they were, and they had a full complement of players when they got worked out. They struggle to get entrances in 22, whereas Ireland can always manufacture them. Ireland has a weakness too, which is Johnny Sexton is too much, uh, you know, the author of their fate. But I do think when you look at this tournament, because of the home and away, uh, you know, last year was Ireland going to Paris and dropped it, and it was really close. I, I think it just flips around this time. So that, that on the tournament as a whole, and then I think below that, I think Wales stands to gain more from their new coach than uh, England. And hear me out on this one. I think it's because Warren Gatlin is used to coming in with very limited time, uh, getting a, a team ready for basically a similar grind of five matches because he's been Lions coach three uh, tours in a row. <clears throat> and he knows every single one of these players in and out. So I think there's uh, more of a comeback to a home, you know, daddy's back. Uh, whereas Borthwick is still, I mean, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with Farrell and, and Smith. They picked them again. And I think that's, you know, that's the cock block there. Right. Well, let's, let's, before we get uh, Darren's comments on the outright of the six nations, let's get the answer. Uh, answers flooding in pretty quickly. I think I remember what you told me at the start of the show, but just please confirm the year there that, um, Scott lost one. And just to mention, Harry, we've had questions 
We've had a lot of people saying like a million years or 19 BC. I mean, it has been a while. When did Scotland last win it? And I'll pull up our winner. Yeah, so the most recent tournament win by Scotland was in 1999. And uh, a, a kind of a funny trivia twist there is that Gregor Townsend was a player. Okay. So, look, Mark, unfortunately, he is – he definitely – I've spoken to this man on the phone when he sent me my Leinster jersey, the most expensive jersey in all of history. And um, he's definitely not a South African ID. He's unfortunately, Mark won't be able to win it. So, if we go down, we had Stephen with 2005, Peter Paul, 1998, and then JP Deploy, 1999. JP, you can email me, brent at goodforthegame.co.za, and we'll arrange that prize. Right, let's go up to Darren. Now, Darren, what are your thoughts on the outright of the, of the Six Nations? Obviously, that – I think it's the big final game between the Irish and, and France yeah. in Ireland is expected to be pivotal. Yeah, so I agree with Harry. I think Ireland are definitely a team to beat. But I can definitely see a few slip-ups. Uh, you know, I just think that there are some banana slips happening. And I actually prefer, for me, in the market, that no one wins the Grand Slam. I actually think somehow, just way with a draw, that uh, 9-10, to 10, no Grand Slam winner... I just actually like that. I think, uh, yeah, I actually think England are actually going to flatter to deceive. Uh, until he gets rid of that 10-12 access, he's stuck in the old way. I look at that team, and we'll get on to which game I like the most. I mean, indicating Scotland here. But I just think that English team, I don't know. There's a lot that, uh, you know, Ben Curry playing. I think it's the first match in a few years. Um, yeah, but that whole centre thing, I don't know, even looking back the way Farrell played against Edinburgh a few weeks ago, um, yeah, I think you need to, you know, release him, and I think you'll make Marcus Smith, you know, do the magic that he creates. Yeah, look, I haven't got all the markets here now. I know there's lots of other markets, Harry, and I'll pop down to you that you can get, for example, top point score, where I think Sexton, Sexton's trading it like as a, as a nine to four favorite. And I've seen a, a number of guys say, you know, Sexton, is he going to play every game? You know, he's getting to that stage of his career. He's starting to take a few knocks. Uh, I doubt they'll rest him, except perhaps for like maybe a game against Italy or something like that. But anybody stand out for you there that could be a dark horse, even in top points, or maybe even that we can expect to get amongst the tries in this tournament? Yeah, for points, uh, Dan Bigger is not a bad shout. Um, the way got you know Warren Ball works, they do take a lot of shots at poles. Um, he's in very good form, and he does he tends to nail his kicks. Um, yeah, you know, so it's the thing about England; it's very difficult to know if this thing is going to actually continue. Uh, this experiment, um, you know, I would wager that actually it's not going to. So I don't think Owen's a good bet. Yeah, I'll probably go uh, Dan Bigger. Finn Russell is actually a guy who makes a lot of kicks and has a pretty good percentage, um, and his reputation is not that way, but he actually is a good kicker. So those are the two threats, I would think. And, and just quickly on Finn Russell, is he back in favor with the coach now? I mean, he, at one stage, it, it seemed like he'd fallen out with him and that sort of stuff. Because that was who I was eyeing out, actually. I think if Finn Russell plays every game, I make yeah. him a big run. And he, he's the kind of guy I might get a trial to as well. Yeah, it was actually tragic how Gregor Townsend wasted that talent uh, a year ago. I think it was um, I think it was going through something like, who's the boss? Uh, I know that Finn Russell's dad is also on the outs with uh, um, Scottish Rugby Union. Uh, there's also sort of like, I don't know, like almost a class distinction there. Finn doesn't, didn't go to the right schools. You know, he's a stonemason by trade. He likes his beer. I think Gregor's pretty like, you know, buttoned up guy uh, from the uh, private schools. So I, I think that's that was the better year for them to do well. Um, that's there's generational talent. And there's no one new. And every single one of those guys, Stuart Hogg, Finn Russell, Richie Gray, um, 
uh, Duan Funda Maverick. They're all a year, but uh, a year older now. I don't think they're going to be better. So um, I do think he missed the trick, uh, and that Scotland's going to. Yeah. I think Scotland will struggle this year. Okay, voice of doom. In other words, 1999 is is not going to be repeated this year. So it'd be very unlikely. Darren, anything for you on the long term markets? Anything else other than the traditional? There anything on the point score? Anybody to watch out for before we get into the matches? No, I mean, again, I would like the Dan Big. I think, uh, you know, traditionally, even Scotland will get a few tries and that. I don't know, Johnny Sexton, whether he goes through this whole campaign, World Cup, six, you know, five, six months, or maybe the Italy game, they might find him a rest. Uh, yeah, Dan Big would stand up for me. Um, I see Lee Halfpenny was, is out the game um, as well. So, yeah, maybe a bit more expansive there with Liam Williams at fullback. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would go for Dan Bigger, but nothing really stands out for me there. Right. I think the, I think the most cards will be issued by Luke Pierce. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Oh, funny enough, you mentioned cards, Harry. I mean, I saw one of the long-term markets. I got sent something from Shane on Twitter, and I, I've looked through it, but I haven't gone through it in detail. I was actually hoping to share it, but my power failure <laughs> prevented me from going in detail today. But he's looked at all stats from previous years, and I think that the spread is 15 and a half yellow cards for the tournament, which works out at, I think, around about one a game, somewhere around there. Oh. I actually think we're going to see a lot of yellow cards. I'd certainly be looking at a at an overs play there. The way the way the whole tackle rule and that sort yeah. of stuff's going at the moment. Yeah, because there's a there's a macro like meta narrative by uh, World Rugby to try and get that uh, switched or fixed before the big tournament. You can go back in time to prior World Cups and you see that they, for for example, the aerial uh, touching a guy in the air, they really cracked down on that in the year of the World Cup, and then they relaxed during the World Cup. They don't want to have the World Cup be marred by too many uh, controversial decisions. So they might do the crackdown now. The other thing is, you know, that really does shift things. Every study I've read, it's about, you know, 0.5 points per 10 minutes uh, when, you're, when you're one man down. And it could depend on the position, obviously. Number nine would be a bigger problem. But uh, that actually is going to sw uh, sway some games. Remember Wales two years ago? They won, the, they won the tournament because basically they were the best. Red cards it's in their yeah. favor, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember that well. Right, guys, we're going to get into the competition. I'm not going to bring all the answers up, but here's the competition, and we're going to talk about the game while you guys are posting. This is a thousand rand voucher at Pokemon. It's our biggest individual voucher we're giving away on the night. What I want to know Ireland up against uh, Wales up against Ireland, who's going to win the game, first of all? And by how many points? And then how many total points in the game? So here's the, my example Ireland by seven and 41 points. Obviously, everyone who goes uh, who gets uh, who gets the winner goes through. Then we look at the margin, and if there's a tie, we go to points to separate it. This is only for viewers live on the show. So, if someone watching the show tonight is going to win that thousand rand voucher, and you guys can go for that. But let me bring up the actual game itself, Darren. And I'll start with you here. There seems to be a bit of money here uh, for for the Irish. I think there was minus four and a half even early in the week in this game. Uh, the money has come in. The market seems to have settled, depending. I think you guys, I, I got this from, I think it was plus six and a half. There's plus five and a half in places. But all things, and, 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 and initially I was seeing plenty of support for Ireland, but I've seen quite a few Welsh punters coming in now suggesting they can give Ireland a scare. What do you think of this one? So personally, I think it'd be very, I think Ireland will win this game. I think Ines Gatlin's magic and the 100,000 people screaming and shouting for them. I think this Ireland team with Sexton there at the helm is just. Superb. Love the loose trio. Uh, yeah, I would just be very surprised if Wales can uh, turn them over. But as I say, at home, Gatlin, Magic, uh, maybe. But for me, I really like Ireland. Uh, not sure about covering the six and a half. 
you know, sometimes in these games it gets a bit scrappy and uh, and all, but uh, I would have liked the minus, the minus four and a half on Ireland. But I reckon in a few multis, Ireland, yeah, I would definitely add them into most of them. Yeah, I see Chris Sturdy in the good for the game preview went Ireland by 1 to 12 points at 14 to 10, which is certainly in these type of games a, a, a play. Um, and just, just quickly before we go down to Harry on this one, total points, 42.5. I mean, that looks about right, eh? Yeah, it looks spot on that. Yeah, it looks good. It looks right there. Yeah, I like it. I think mean, they one to twelve market. Love it. Yeah, I think it's uh, that's a good play there. You said fourteen to ten around. Yeah, around about fourteen to ten. And it's one of those markets I normally go for if I'm not strong on the handicap, or as you say, you expect a close game. The only thing I always say about that market, you're never safe. You're always a seven pointer away from losing in that particular yeah. in that particular particular market there. Well, most of the guys coming in with the points in the forties here, so it's even a chance. I think we could even get a a tie and have to split things there. But let's go down to Harry. Harry, do you agree with the money that's come for the Irish here that's pushed the handicap out a couple of points? So, you know, Wales should, on the basis of the, you know, preceding 12 months or whatever, should lose by 10, but they won't. Uh, they're going to lose or win by less than five. I think that's where the game is going to be. And, I, and, and my support for that is you look at selection, you look at the Irish uh, struggles in the, in the end of your tour, you know, against the box, the Ireland never made a true break. They had to rely on one very scrappy, strange play with Kaylin Doris going, you know, into touch and flipping it around. Uh, you know, a, a sketchy clean out, and then, uh, and then one one um, score on the left. They never made any headway on the right side. And you look at their their team right now, and you see, you know, who they've got a wing and in in trying to develop those breaks. I do think Wales will keep it very low scoring. I think Wales under Gatlin and with the experience, the thousand caps, the ten lions. I think they know how to keep uh, a match in in um, in range. So I think it's actually going to be a tough uh, slog. I think Ireland will get better. Ireland will get better and better through the tournament. But I think this is the perfect time to catch them. Uh, Wales is written off. No one's uh, no one's going to say they're going to win. And then you look at you know Tulupi Falatal, Justin Tipperick. You have Tommy Rafael off the bench. You have a really tough back line with uh, Liam Williams now. I think actually a better pick than, than Hoffman yeah. was out. Uh, Josh Adams, George North. I think they match up pretty well against the likes of Mac Hansen and James Lowe, uh, who are not that great on defense. Um, so I think, you know, Wales should be able to score some points. Maybe not 20, but maybe 20 is enough uh, to, to scare the Irish. The thing is, the Irish obviously have um, a bench, but I don't. I tell you, I don't like Connor Murray nowadays coming off the bench. He slows the thing down. Jameson Gibson Park is, uh, you know, a three-second ruck clearance guy, and Connor Murray's a five. He fiddles around at the behind of the caterpillar thing too much. Uh, I think the Evan Elizabeth uh, pickup showed everyone, you know, that the refs are ready to to stop that, to let someone uh, take the ball if it's if it's um, you're not bound. So I do think uh, Wales will make this a tough uh, game. Uh, Dan Big is not going to miss very many. The roof will be closed. Um, so there's no wind or rain to worry about. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a tough one for, for uh, the Irish. Yeah, going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I must tell you guys, I'm going to be watched, watching this game wearing a Leinster shirt at the Irish club in Johannesburg. So there's <laughs> simply no ways I'm shouting home the Welsh in that type of environment. But I, I do agree with you guys. I think we could have a close game here. You know, at four and a half, I was probably leading Ireland. I think the cap's about right, and I'm going to mull over that. But one bet, I think it was Johan Esterhazen that brought up, and I see Chris Sturdy also liked it in the good the game preview. And it's a speculative play, but he's going Wales 
to lead at half-time and Ireland to come back and win the game. And that's at around 11 to 2, 6 to 1. Mm -hmm. Darren, what do you think of that bet? Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, definitely. They could come out firing, Wales. Uh, you know, Ireland could settle into the game. I can definitely see them, Wales being a few points up at half-time and then the Irish kind of, you know, purring a bit and, yeah, then finding that win. I like that. Good, good value, that. Very good value. Um, even that other market that I saw someone type, seven, win within seven either way. Not bad oh, value yes. as well. So someone, Stephen Marks wrote in the chat. You know, yeah. I mean, sometimes you do just get those games. You just know. You can't pick a winner, but you kind of know that it's going to go down to the wire. And I also do enjoy that. You, you normally get an, a game like this, I imagine, will be about 12, 13 to 10. Maybe if you're lucky, you might get 11. But it's a nice way to watch a game. With you, you almost, I mean, you'd be very surprised. Yeah, if this was in Dublin, you could see Ireland running away with it. But there in, in Wales, you've got to say it's going to be close either way. And that certainly could could well be the bet. Um, gents, let's move on to the next game. And there's another competition, but this is slightly different now. So guys, you're watching on the live show. You don't have to rush with your entry for this one. It's exactly the same principle. It's England against Scotland. And we want exactly the same thing. The winner, the margin, and the points. The difference with this one is this entry is also to give the guys you're not able to watch the show live a chance to win. You're going to enter here below the YouTube video. So in the comment section, you'll just put your entry, and I'll go through all of that on, I think, after the Sunday's game, or this will be Saturday's game, and we'll see the winner. So this is not for the live chat. You're welcome to put a prediction in the live chat, but this is in the YouTube video. And let's get on to that one. I'm going to start with Harry this time. Harry, there has been money, from what I can tell you, for the Scots. There was sort of plus 10.5 early in the week. It seems to have moved into around the 8.5 levels. Sentiment definitely with Scotland here amongst punters, but... You know, are they overestimating the Scottish side? And, and what effect is the New England coach going to have? So I do think the best uh, match that Scotland will play, or one of the best probably two matches, will be this one. They're doing very well in the Calcutta Cup. Uh, I think it's one out of five that England's won against Scotland uh, in in the, the last six uh, matches. So I do think if you're going to have um, a bit of an upset on the scoreline, I do think England's got enough uh, ammo to take this. I do think they're tempting the gods of fate by having three players named Ollie. Uh, I don't know about that. That's uh, I think that's that's very sketchy. And then they have a couple of Bens too. But um, I do think some of the selections in England are exotic. And I think that's because um, Steve Borthwick does not have very much time before the World Cup. So even though Eddie Jones lost his job primarily because he was not valuing the Six Nations, and he was all World Cup, World Cup, World Cup. Steve Borthwick is kind of in that position anyway, and he has to see who can work. So Amaro Atoji, Oli, Chesham, Locke duo. I'm not sure that's better than, you know, Richie Gray and uh, Grant Gilchrist and Johnny Gray as a threesome. I mean, I think that's a very strong lock duo, uh, lock uh, core. I do think um, the loose trio is a little bit experimental too. You got Lewis Ludlum supposed to be the big carry guy, yards, you know, after contact. Um, Ben Curry's not big enough anymore to pierce that line, so he's going to be a link guy. And then Alex Dombrandt plays like an extra center. Uh, in addition, the back line for England doesn't it still is suffering from that same lack of clarity. You have uh, Jack from Portfleet that was actually very bad uh, in the autumn uh, series, and then you have you know Max Malins is going to come in off the wing. You have uh, Ollie Hassel Collins who's who's not very tested. Uh, I just don't know what they're going to do. I think a lot relies on you know breaking the, the gain line, and uh, I, I do think that the Scots can soak up that pressure. I've actually written an article which suggests that Freddie Stewart is the real solution here. If England wants to score tries, and they only scored you know three against non-Italians uh, in the Six Nations last year, and four against non-Italian teams the year before, they did not scoring tries. 
uh, I think Freddie Stewart has to do more with the ball, a la Villarreal, uh, Damian Villamsa, Jordy Barrett, Bowden Barrett, these kind of fullbacks that actually ignite a counter. Uh, Stuart Hogg. I mean, there's uh, there's plenty of examples. I just think Freddie Stewart saying, I catch the high ball, never drop it. But then all he does is break one tackle and sit down. So uh, they need more than a ruck target. They need something to break. Um, so I do think England's not going to run out and score five tries. I don't think they're not going to score four tries. I think they're going to score two, possibly three if they're lucky. Uh, Scotland doesn't look like to me that they have enough firepower in the final, uh, the final 40. But, you know, it's Finn Russell, right? So he's going to be up for this. And I think that uh, th this will be their best match in the, the sixth tournament. Uh, you know, I just don't know. We don't know what Borthwick's style is going to be. Are they going to kick more like Leicester? Are they going to, uh, you know, that's kind of a lightweight pack, actually. So I don't know if England can really bash anyone with this pack. Um, and I worry a little bit about, you know, former Stormer, uh, Hugh Jones, uh, and uh, Tuipalato uh, against that midfield. I think, I mean, Owen Farrell is a horrible tackler at the best of times. But with this microscope on height, you know, and I just don't think his league, his knees just don't bend in tackles. So um, I do think that that card problem could actually hit England here in the first match. I see Murtza Bas, who I've, I won't bring up all of his comments. Some of them need to be censored. He, he called you Biltongbeck Jones, and he said, doesn't agree with you. He said, Scott, Scott, they're going to take the Golcutta. I don't know if Biltongbeck is a, it's a compliment there. But yeah. <laughs> I know a guy named Biltongbeck. I know a guy named Portchuk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go up to Darren there. Darren, uh, this game, obviously, you guys are probably laid a bit of Scotland on, on the plus there. But which way do you see it heading? Are we in for another close one? I mean, I love, for me on the weekend, plus nine and a half. I know it's moved to seven and a half, actually, since we plus nine and a half from Scotland. I just like it. They've been, uh, I like that Gregor went for Ben White, no Ali Price. He went for form. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's a bold move, that. I mean, you know, but he's gone for the guys in form. I am a bit surprised Chris Harris at Gloucester, he's not playing. Um, but, yeah, I'm just not convinced by this England side. As, uh, as Harry said, this pack... They're not going to dominate. When they don't dominate, you know, Owen Farrell, you know, he's going to struggle a bit. And I think uh, Mark Smith's not going to have the front foot ball. He's going to have to try to create. I just really think that if they'd done a much more dynamic centre pairing, it brings Freddie Stewart into the game all the time and he will just open them up. So, personally, I think this will be very close. As, uh, as you guys said, they'll be very fired up, Scott. And I think this is going to be a penalty, a penalty here and there. So... To be really tight. Um, you know, I know it might not be at the absolute said last year, Scotland at their prime. I still think they're good enough. And uh, any Scottish team that has Nell, Thunder Merva, Skuman, and Stain, well, it's half South Africans <laughs> over there. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought that in uh, 2023? No, that's for sure. Uh, Darren, just quickly, then, it sounds to me as though you'd be leaning towards unders there if you were looking at points because of the yeah. fact that you expected a close game. Yeah, very much so. I like unders there in Scotland. I think it'll be a very tight game. A lot of kicking, positional play. You know, trying to take your opportunities. I can't see, you know, besides obviously maybe Finn Russell opens up. I think both teams will be pretty cagey. So, low-scoring game there for me. Right. And uh, Faridia reckons 15-3. Johanna's coming up. He always gives us a weekly treble. Wales half-time plus 3.5. Scotland plus 8.5. And, and Italy plus 10.5. Half-time handicap, Italy will get onto that game now. Always very popular. Johan, 
I did see you make your prediction for this game in the live chat, which is fine. But just a reminder, you need, for this particular competition, you must do it below. And also just, uh, guys, it's one prize per person. So we, whatever the highest one is, we'll give you that one. And then otherwise, we'll go to the second place person, make sure we spread things around a bit. Let's get on to the next game. We've got a, a competition here once again for the live chat. It's the 500 Rand vouchers, exactly the same principle. I didn't want to overcomplicate things. Italy, France, who's going to win? I shouldn't imagine we're going to see too many Italys there. But how many points and how many points in total are we going to see in the game? So let's get on to that one. And Darren, we'll start with you. Italy, plus 20, half, 20 and a half against the French. And we've got a points line looking here in the mid-50s. Yeah. I mean, this is of all the weekend. This is uh, the least confidence I have between all three games. Obviously, teams on out. Ah, the French. Uh, I mean, I expect them to win, but uh, Italy have definitely improved recently. Um, showed some glimpses of um, you know performance at home. So I don't know. For me personally, I'll be staying out of this one. I think France win between fifteen and twenty-five, all in that range. Kind of, you know, don't don't have any confidence on that. Maybe don't know how many points. Maybe they hold Italy down to points. If I had to. Go somewhere, probably go under there. Just first game combinations and all. But yeah, generally don't have a very strong opinion on this game. Yeah, and also it's Sunday, so you're going to be preparing for poker tournaments and stuff. You know, you don't yeah, want to be exactly. too distracted, <laughs> too distracted <laughs> by, by the rugby. Yeah. Harry, bringing you in on that one. I mean, I've got, I think France, I mean, sorry, I think Italy are going to be a bit more competitive in the Six Nations, is my personal view. And because of that, I was looking. I'll have to look, and maybe Shane, if you are, I saw you in the live chat, you can remind me what the total points for the whole competition is. I think it was about 595.5 or something. But I'm thinking maybe we get quite a few lower scoring games. And I think one of the reasons for me is I'm, I'm fancy Italy to be a bit more competitive this year, to hold hold teams a little bit. What do you think? Uh, can they beat this handicap against France? And, uh, you know, is, is there any chance of them causing an upset in the tournament? Uh, there's no chance of them upsetting the French this weekend, but I do think they'll turn someone over. I don't think that they will actually do better than a year ago because I think everyone got a little bit better, uh, except for Scotland. So I think Scotland's their pickoff. Uh, Wales is going to be a better team this year. They just are. Um, and then England is also by the end, well, by the time they play Italy, which is kind of their bunny anyway. So I think, but I think this match is very difficult. <laughs> I'm with Darren. This is difficult to um, <laughs> prognosticate because. A, the French usually take a little bit of time to get going in the season. They're not really a good road team. They're not going to take it seriously. You know what they're going to be doing the night before. Um, they're missing Jonathan Dante in the, in the 12, who's a very underrated player. Um, they have some big losses uh, as well in the pack. I think uh, Cameron Walkie is out. I'm not sure. But um, there's some people that I think would help them uh, if you're padding a score. I mean, they're going to win, but I don't know, like, 20 is actually kind of a lot of points uh, in a test match if it's your first one out and your attack's not really functioning. Defense is so much easier to start with in a tournament. So that's why I think Wales will be okay. That's why I think uh, England and Scotland should you know, be a dour match. But I think this one, both teams can score a lot. I'm not sure they're going to be interested in defense that much. Once the French have the game in the bag, they're going to wave some people through. Uh, England, I mean, Italy can actually score pretty uh, – Italy can score pretty well. The refs are actually a player in this one. Matthew Carley's the, the head referee. Uh, and, and I think you're going to run into this problem of um, how the Anglo-Saxon world of rugby is refing very differently than the French and Italians maybe used to. So I think it's going to be one of those awkward matches, and I would not put much 
on it. Yeah. I just think it's one of those things that could be very, very strange. Right, and I must say, I'm, I've got a similar view in the sense that and my reason's a bit different, though. I'm just a terrible Sunday punter. I don't know what it is. Whether I'm leading going into Sunday, I can't build on that lead. And if I'm chasing, well, I may as well not even bother as well. Whatever I play, <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll probably just uh, have a sort of a casual uh, speculative play on, on this one. Right, well, that brings us to the end of the Six Nations, guys. We're just going to talk a bit of Sharks and Stormers. But before we do that, Harry, let's have a look at your second tri trivia question. This was also a very interesting one, and I'm interested to see what type of things the guys come up with here. Uh, let us have it. And, and just to mention, this is also a 500 Rand voucher um, to the first person. Obviously, won't be the same person who won the last voucher. Okay, so this is a twofer. You have to get both of these answers right. Uh, I'm looking for two teams. The two teams that in the Six Nations era, not the Five Nations, but Six Nations era, the only two teams who have never got the wooden spoon. Which two teams have never finished uh, the bottom of the table in the Six Nations era. Right, so while the guys get going on that, we're going to move on to URC. I was quite surprised to see a lone URC match taking place this weekend. Sharks up against the Stormers, South African derby. I think this game is fairly close to where I handicapped it. At Sharks, minus five and a half point favourites here against the Stormers. Harry, we'll start with you. Um, it's going to be hard to lift ourselves with this game with the Six Nations on this weekend, in all, in all honesty. But you know, as far as uh, as far as the UFC goes, quite a critical game with both of these teams very much in playoff contention. A lot to play for, isn't it? Um, Stormers really need that home uh, semi-final, and um, if they're going to do that, they really have to they have to they have to try and win this one or get very close, get something out of it. Um, and you would figure with that dem demolition by Ulster that they're not really riding high. I do think they have a lot of excuses on that one that actually make sense, right? As if you're a coach in the cloakroom and you're telling them, but we didn't really lose, I think he has some ammunition for that. The, the number of injuries, who the actual pack was at the end, I think they can, uh, I think Dob, Dob can, can say, I think Dob can say, that's not really us. But I think the Sharks are a better team right now. So that's just the issue. Um, the, the Sharks are cooking. You know, that, that change at coach it has yeah. really helped them. And, um, and then you got some big horses back. Um, I don't know. Because it's in Durban, I would say, you know, I think that line looks about right. Uh, if it was in Cape Town, it would be different. But I think um, I'd probably lean over his ear on Sharks. I just think that there's some confidence issues now with the Stormers. And, um, you know, the Sharks are super confident right now. They may be the most confident team going right now in European competitions. Yeah, I'm also leaning towards the Sharks and the minus there. Uh, Darren, I heard you agreeing when you heard about the change in coach there. And I always find it amazing. Henrik Swat, yeah. one of the regulars on our show, he's taking a bit of a punting break at the moment. I mean, he's always so firm in, in, in looking whether he rates the coach or not, and then he moves, he moves from there. And, and when I look at how the Sharks team have performed – um, since changing coaches, it's actually quite amazing. I look at a player like Kerwin Bosch, who, I mean, he started his career fairly promisingly, and then he's been absolutely useless for a couple of seasons, quite frankly. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's a world-beater now, but sure that he's playing good rugby, you know, under the under the new coach. So the Sharks certainly are a, are a different bunch. Yeah, I mean, this Neil Powell's, I mean, bordering on wonders. He's made them, uh, you know, from Cape Town, obviously, big Stormer fan, but super worried about this game. Yeah, he's got them purring. The Sharks look really good. The only thing I will say for Stormers from that, um, that game in Ireland is, obviously, now Libok looks like he's going to be back. Willems is back. 
those are two super integral guys within the, the Stormers team. Without them, they just lost in the back line. So having those two back, you know, our Packers miraculously just always been superb. And with uh, Mal Herbert, kids are never going anywhere. Um, you know, we're always going to be very competitive, win a few scrum penalties and all. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it for me in Durban, also, you know, the humidity, the conditions make, can often make a game very, very scrappy out there. So, but generally, based on the way they've been playing, I would expect the Sharks to edge that one. But, uh, yeah, we have a bit of faith in Willemse, I don't know, the storm inside of me. After, after what happened last year, I mean, if someone told me to win the URC, I think how many yeah. years did I have to watch that we couldn't had no chance, well, barely any chance in the Super Rugby. Uh, yeah, it was uh, quite an experience. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you must have got a, There must have been some big prices available in running last year on, on, on the Stormers Day. I think they strung together sort of eight or nine matches at the end of the season to sort of uh, put it all together. That was amazing. I mean, I, yeah, but I don't even think people put it into perspective how big the Bulls beating Leinster in Leinster is. I mean, that is on a level that, I mean, no one even thought. I think they were, I'd like to remember that. I swear, I think they were like 16 or 20 to 1, the Bulls, just to win that game. Something off the charts. That was, in that was a huge upset. They were 21 point yeah. underdogs or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I'll hold on to our one trophy for now. Hope we emulate something, but... Uh, tough. I mean, down in the Cape, we just lose players like it's going to fashion. I mean, what are we? Kitsoff is gone again. We just can't hold on to people. Can someone just come by the Stormers, please? Any of you Irish or any of you uh, Americans? Maybe a guy from Texas somebody. can buy the Stormers, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Dream come true. <laughs> Todd Bowley, the next Todd Bowley from Chelsea. Maybe he's interested. <laughs> Jonathan just helping us out there. 28 to 1, the Bulls were for that game. And yeah, I was pretty close yeah. with my 21 and a half. 22 and a half there was the handicap. Jonathan also mentioning that the Sharks defended like machines last week. They certainly did. And for those on our newsletter, they'll know I got a much needed best bet there. And I must tell you guys, I was absolutely sweating bullets last week. And then, worst case, we were visiting people and we had to actually leave with about 10 <laughs> minutes to go. So I had to try to get the DSTV on my phone. And yeah. my wife didn't want to drive. And it was really, we had, we had absolute drama. But the Sharks delivered. So if you haven't subscribed yet to the free weekly betting email, don't go down below, hit the subscribe button, and you can get on our mailing list there. Poker bet must buy them. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. The poker bet stormers. I mean, Darren, let's face it, bookmakers are sponsoring a lot of. Uh, 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 I'm sure you guys want to grow a bit before you start sponsoring yeah, the yeah, I teams. But I mean, hey, it's something to aim for, eh? Absolutely. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you look at a brand like Betway. I mean, they, they're just everywhere. They're just, you know, only so many, you know, you're watching this SA20, you look at English football. Yeah, we'll put that on the dream on the dream list to uh, buy. I mean, for starters, we're uh, sponsoring uh, a team at the Tens this weekend. So we'll start there. Maybe we'll win the Tens down in Cape Town. That's always a vibe. So if anyone's around, just uh, come down to the Tens. Good uh, reason to have a few drinks and hang out. And uh, let's say the end goal is we'll buy the Stormers. But, uh, yeah. First, they've got to sort out this Newland story. <laughs> no, no, that's for sure. Just to mention also, guys, we are going to run a Super Brew competition and PokerBet's going to get involved with us on that as well. I have set the competition up, but more details will be in the newsletter tomorrow. And we'll also obviously put it out on Twitter. But I know most of the guys who play Super Brew would have already got that invitation to play in the game. We're going to move on to uh, best bets now. Let's just have a look at the final comments coming in here. Stormers will raise lots of uh, bucks once Newland's heritage... Yeah. Rubbish is sorted. Yeah, that's a good point. Plenty of uh, that in the news at the moment for Reed. But right, gentlemen, it's time to uh, pick up best bets uh, of, of the uh, of the weekend. Yeah, Darren, I'm going to start with you there. What do you fancy most out of what we discussed today? Yeah, Scotland uh, for me. Scotland plus eight and a half. If you got plus nine, um, 
when it starts getting to six and a half, then I'll get a bit more anxious. But if you can find anywhere, which I saw before the show, eight and a half, for me, that's uh, that's one I really like. Right. And Harry, yourself? I've got a feeling about Wales. I'm feeling I'm feeling good about Wales. And I'm, I don't ever touch a Stormers bet because I'm so, so terrible at, uh, at being objective. But I think Wales has an ability to keep this match down. It'll be a rough opening. Actually, I think a lot of the matches will be scrappy. I think all three Six Nations will be uh, a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of drops, a lot of scrums. So we'll see. And Harry, I just realized I forgot to ask you. I'm going to have to scan back up the comments here and make sure I get the first person because we had a whole lot of different answers. Who are the two teams that have never had the wooden spoon? In the Six Nations era, it's been Ireland and England that have never finished sixth. Right. Well, we got Darren was first out the blocks, but he went England and Wales. And just below him, uh, and he's the winner of the competition, Stephen Marks, Ireland and England. Eh? I did get that right, eh? I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, you yeah. did, you did. I just scrolled up. Yeah, yeah okay. Because no, I was busy scanning while you were talking. I suddenly thought maybe I misheard you. So, Stephen, well done. You can email me, Brent, at goodforthegame.co.za. I'll put you in touch with the with the poker bet guys there to, to claim your prize. Um, and, yeah, that brings us pretty much to the to the end of the show. Gents, thanks very much. It's, it's been great chatting to you. Harry, uh, yeah, what are you up to the next week or so? Are you going to be able to catch the games? Yeah, no, I'll see them all. I'll actually be in the mountains uh, on a, a long hike actually next week. So you'll get some good pictures on socials. Right, excellent. Yeah, I'll follow at Harry Baldini on Twitter there. And Darren, yourself, what you got planned for the weekend? Obviously a bit of poker mixed with a bit of rugby punting. Yeah, that's a, the dream. Well, you know, looking on, you know, spending some time with uh, my daughter. But the rest of the time I'll be watching uh, the rugby, yeah, and getting involved, hopefully and showing a profit <laughs> excellent well thanks to both guests it was great having you on the show it felt like it feels like we're getting back into our rugby punting now being a little bit lackluster after the last couple of weeks and into all the guys joining in the live chat good luck in those competitions keep an eye on the newsletter and twitter for more comps and y'all have a great weekend's punting guys let's hit those bookies hard cheers everyone good